Welcome to Fresh Take, where we speak to food systems experts about topics related to organic and sustainable agriculture, healthy lifestyles, and the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to our latest Fresh Take podcast. Today, we're very happy to be talking to our very own Andy Emrich. As you guys know, Andy is our programs manager and quite an expert on today's topic. We're going to be talking about flowers and Andy has a lot of experience when it comes to flower arrangements, growing flowers. So we're going to be hitting on some really interesting ideas and tips for all of you who like flowers and who doesn't like flowers. So (laughs) thank you so much, Andy, for joining us today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. And as I normally say, wouldn't call myself an expert yet, but I'm I'm working my way up. So, (laughs) Well, I think you are an expert. You're kind of selling yourself short. You've been doing this actually for quite some time, right? Yeah. So... Um, just to give a little bit of background, I started out in terms of actually having my hands in the soil and growing. Um, I started out in food, growing food after and actually during my, my undergrad. But when I moved to San Francisco, just after a couple of years, actually, after graduating from my undergrad, I ended up working on not only an urban farm that produced food for restaurants and and farmers markets there but we also had a piece of that that was growing flowers for cut flower bouquets to be sold at a small grocery store in San Francisco a small one but a very uh, prominent one called buy right so that was ooh, that was over 10 years ago mm-hmm. so that's where I started my flower journey was on that farm and I to be honest, had no interest in it at all. It was just one of those things that um, came up and was like, okay, we're going to be doing this, this flower uh, farming thing. And we're going to start doing these bouquets. And I remember being really nervous and sort of just going like, okay, it's just one of those necessary evils. Um, But after week two of doing flower arranging, I was really sold on it and fell in love with them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So uh, from there, I ended up working um, well, I worked for them for several years and then went on to move back to Canada mm-hmm. um, and grew my own flowers, had a tiny business within a larger vegetable operation, um, organic operation on a farm that I was working for. Uh, the farmer there let me have some space and grow uh, flowers there. So I got to try that out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um and I did a couple of weddings and and weekly bouquets. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I moved to Florida several years ago, I was working at Swallowtail Farm where we did uh, weekly bouquets and flower farming and then ended up working with Iron and Clay Flowers in Gainesville who do amazing events and flower arranging and also grow their own um, flowers right in town. So I've had... I've had about 10 years experience, not full time. I've been always doing other things, but um, in growing flowers and arranging. So I've got some some experience. You do have some experience in that. Um, and, and thank you for sharing all that background, because as I you know said earlier, I sort of see you as an expert in you after 10 years. I do think that you're <laughs> quite knowledgeable. And, and part of what we really wanted to do by talking about flowers or floriculture is to for those farmers who may be considering uh growing some flowers and it has become quite common farmers markets you see 
farmers who besides their fruits and vegetables and crops that they bring they they bring flowers and flower arrangements so it is uh especially here in Florida for those of you who live in Florida and who listen to us you know a lot easier than other places to perhaps grow flowers so you know floriculture is um an international multi-billion dollar industry that includes growing all types of plants ornamental plants foliage plants and potted flowering plants. So again, we'll be discussing some of the ideas and some of the things that in your experience have worked for you. But since I just, you know, was mentioning farmers and 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 perhaps what people sometimes think when they hear the word floriculture and then horticulture, do you run into that and people asking you maybe what perhaps is the difference between one and the other? I I can't actually say that we run into these terms that much and yeah. when it comes to the slow flower or local flower movement because Really, the type of language I've been I've experienced is local flower farming, local flowers, slow flowers, that sort of thing. Yeah. But you know, it really is it's derived from floriculture. But floriculture to me really denotes this idea of these large, not monoculture, but giant flower farms that are supplying the world market, mm-hmm. and these flowers that are being shipped all over the world. You know, like the FDT. I think that's the the company that that ships flowers worldwide and yeah you get mm-hmm. when you're logging onto a florist a florist website and you see a lot of the similar arrangements that's what the floriculture term really looks like to me in my head so i we don't really run into those terms all that much but we could talk about you know the the difference so floriculture really is the field of ornamentals and horticulture is dealing with the cultivation and, and the commercialization of flowers so it all relates to each other. It's just a very different approach to growing flowers and arranging flowers. Yeah. And I see it as scale of being one of the biggest, you know. Yeah. And not to get too technical, sometimes we, we can get too technical about definitions and and some of the stats because, again, once again, you know, if people who are listening, either because, you know, they might be interested or have considered getting into the production and selling of flowers, uh, whether you're a farmer, hobbyist, or, or what have you, uh, there is a demand. And, and bottom line is, I do uh, feel that there is quite a demand for flowers. And as I was saying, who doesn't like flowers? And so whether it's not something that you're going to be doing, maybe at farmer's markets, or like you, weddings, uh, and then start maybe uh, a small business, mm-hmm. it's it's something that you know has the potential of you know bringing you some really good revenue yeah i think that's where um a lot of the popularity of of adding flowers either adding flowers to your existing farm or getting into this flower farming slow slow flower local flower business is coming from is you can get a bigger return on your investment usually with flowers Mm -hmm. you can really amp up sales in just in terms of what you can get for flowers versus what you can get for vegetables yeah people are willing to pay a little bit more and so it's a really nice crop to add to your farm if you've got that space right and in other cases there's this huge movement of florists like you're saying these event you know people who are doing florals for events or um, arrangements individual arrangements to sell to direct to customers there's been a real appetite for these florists to be able to access local flowers for many reasons one of the reasons being they're fresher 
you can often get really interesting and different varieties than you might be able to find on these huge, you know, conglomerate websites. There's lots and lots of florists that and wholesale flower um, services that have all kinds of amazing things. But you can also get some really interesting products, flowers mm-hmm. by shopping locally. Mm-hmm. So there's this real, like I said, real appetite, not just because there's a market there and farmers can make have a different revenue stream and one that is often um, a little bit higher than what they're used to with vegetables. But yeah. um, also there's just this really interesting, organic, creative movement that's happening within the florist and um, flower farming industry. Well, and in fact, I'm so glad that you said that because I recently have heard him speaking of terms, the uh, slow flower movement uh, and, and some other terms that are part of the eco-friendly ways that consumers support farmers. And, and with your, you know, your experience, you working at a farm or maybe a flower farm, um, what exactly um, that all means and, and what people can sort of, you know, understand when we're talking about these things. So when we're talking about a flower farm, there's, it can either be a farm that's literally just flowers and that's what you're concentrating on. So um, a farmer who's really just interested or um, motivated to grow flowers, or you can add flower crops yeah, to your vegetable yeah. crops and your other, yeah. not just vegetables, but animals and things like that to add value. So flower farms look really different. Like when we started out with this conversation, there's these ginormous flower farms. I am always thinking of um, in Holland that are just, you know, acres and acres and acres of tulips that are being shipped worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think of places like uh, South Africa, California that are doing a really large scale flower farming. And usually that means shipping wholesale that eventually gets to those more traditional florists. And then you can have, you know, more mid-range flower farms that are doing perhaps wholesale to more local florists, right down to these tiny local flower farms that are selling direct to the consumer. So they're sometimes they're selling wholesale. I say that in, in quotation marks, but selling wholesale to direct to consumers at farmer's markets. So they may have buckets of um, different varieties of flowers where you can go and call it a flower bar and you can go and pick the ones that you want and arrange them yourself. Or they're doing these weekly bouquets and offering centerpieces and that sort of thing. And also um, selling to these new, I call them like new age florists, I suppose, that are really catering to their local community for weddings, events, that sort of thing. So there's a huge, huge range um, of flower farms, but for that slow flower movement that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. it's really those um, smaller farms that are incorporating flowers in some way or, or doing it full-time, just the flowers and really selling to their local communities, not shipping worldwide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I was going to say, just to follow up on that, that I, recently became aware that there's a report and I think it's Bloomberg mentions that uh, services uh, like, you know, the slow flowers network committed to connecting consumers with local flowers uh, had an increase in membership in 2020 and 2021. So there is, again, it it seems a demand for it and, and, and people really looking for these types of ways to, you know, buy and use flowers. Yeah. And I should mention too, we, you know, we've been concentrating, I think, on um, flower farms 
um, up until now, yeah. but just to mention that one of one of the big things that we're seeing right now, trends right now, is that combination of farmer florist. Mm-hmm. So these folks that are growing at least some of their flowers for their florist business. Um, and that mm-hmm. gives you some flexibility in terms of uh, what kinds of varieties you want to you, you can be using in your arrangements and for your for your floral business for your florist business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work, but it's also uh, I feel like there's so many local and slow flower farmers and florists that this is just such a a passion project or a passion a business of passion. So they're really interested in growing even just because growing flowers is something that they've loved to do. And then being able to incorporate that into providing arrangements and doing events is a very creative process. So very, um, I think, satisfying to some farmer florists. But also it's, again, adding even more value on top of the the value-added product of, of just those flowers. You're able to get um, so much more off of your land in terms of an income by mm-hmm. adding that that professional creative uh, piece that is only really only you can be providing to folks it's mm-hmm. everybody has their own style what's really what i find really exciting about this new you know semi new piece of the of the flower world is that there's so much more option now for people out there to find a florist that will reflect their personality their needs their aesthetic you know their their understanding of beauty it's so lovely to see that people can connect with a florist in such a personalized way now Mm -hmm. which i think was lacking a little bit in the more traditional florist world before this movement came about yeah so i assume then that when and you talked about weddings or some of the other events somebody uh, comes to you with ideas or they maybe just ask you about what it is that you could do for them in terms of maybe even providing some suggestions, what they're looking for, color types and those things. That's that's a lot of what maybe the movement or, or you know, this brings opposed to maybe going to a florist and just buying an arrangement that's been already made. Yeah. So it's just so much more personal. And yeah. It not only is beneficial, I think, for the the consumer, but also for the florist. So there's um, an opportunity for the flower farmer or the farmer florist or the florist to decide whether or not a client is right for them as well. Right? They can stay within the way that they want to do their business and and what aesthetic that they like to produce as well. So it's not just about the consumer getting everything they want, but also the the just finding the right fit between consumer and and the producer, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think we've gone through a lot of positives for this local flower movement, but I can go over maybe a, a few more. Um, sure. Make sure I haven't missed anything. Um, <laughs> like I said, putting more money directly into the pocket of our farmers. That's huge. Um, it's a way of connecting more personally to um, who's growing uh, in our areas. Mm-hmm. It's just another way of connecting with those growers, which is really exciting. There's also the um, really exciting piece of adding flowers to your farm is a great pollinator motivator. So, yep. you know, bringing yep. in all those insects that make it possible for us to grow food as well um, and flowers. So that's a huge piece of the puzzle too. 
Right. And that, you know, there's there, I think there's a movement too to be planting wildflowers and that sort of thing on farms in order to do that. And this is just another, yet another way to do it while hopefully providing another source of income for our farmers. There's uh, often the flowers last longer because they're not traveling um, thousands and thousands of miles, which is exciting and really helpful to um, florists as well. And of course you're taking out that whole piece environmentally of shipping them worldwide is it's really hard on the planet. So this is uh, another way of, of producing, you know, that sort of wear and tear on the planet. Yeah. And, and in fact, I was going to ask you in your experience and again, you know, here in Florida and in town where, where we're at here in Gainesville, florists, do, do you see uh, some of the shops, florists, you know, sourcing or maybe connecting with some of the farmers who grow flowers? Is that something that you, you see or becoming more of a thing, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in Gainesville, we had a, a small group of florists and uh, flower farmers and farmer florists who would get together periodically and are constantly in communication through, you know, some chats to talk about flowers, um, to connect with each other. I was really a uh, floating around actually several different businesses in, in Gainesville mm-hmm. to help um, put on events and do um, forestry. So that was a way of finding people who could help you out with your business and some and, and individual events. Um, and then it was also connecting those florists that aren't growing their own to the folks right there in their communities that are growing. So you would see a lot of communicating between florists and and flower farmers like mm-hmm. hyper locally to get the products they need. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really exciting. And I see that happening more and more in many different communities. So it's really what we, what we've seen more of, or in my experience, what I've seen more of is flower farmers connecting with those new uh, small business, you know, usually one, one person running a business or a couple of people, really small businesses not the brick and mortar folks um, connecting, you know, connecting with their local growers, mm-hmm. which is which is great and super exciting. I have two questions in your experience, and and maybe perhaps to both the people who may be interested in starting a business, whether they're a farmer or somebody who wants to get into, you know, growing flowers, and consumers. Uh, one for for those people interested, uh, what would be maybe some tips or advice that you would give them in terms of how to start learning more about, you know, in, in fact, you know, species and some of mm-hmm. the other things that uh, or, or or flowers that grow well uh, within their you know area region, and for consumers, how they maybe can support those local flower farmers. Yeah, I would say there's often opportunities for those who want to learn how to grow flowers. There's often opportunities to volunteer on um, these farms in your communities. So go out and ask around if you if you like a flower farm in your area. Um, You could ask about going and actually being on the farm and seeing how how they do things, put their brains at farmers markets. Uh, my experience is flower farmers like to talk about it. So um, there's, that. there's also <laughs> yes. um, quite a few podcasts out there that are really helpful. Um, one that comes to mind is the Team Flower podcast. They cover all kinds of topics, not just about growing, but about growing your business as well. Um, and they also have an online community that 
has workshops and like chat groups and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that there's also another podcast called uh, the uh, Soul Flowers podcast. Yep. Uh, so again, you can Google it and find out. I think the uh, the person who is hosting her name is Deborah Princing. Uh, and it also has a book. Um, so Slow Flowers podcast. Uh, and yeah, there's not there's not a lack of um, information out there, actually. It, yeah. it feels like there's um, some really amazing or there are some really amazing flower based online communities and podcasts and things like that. Another one that I've really gotten a lot out of is the Flowering Minds online community. Mm, okay. She has a lot of uh, resources for mostly arranging, but, um, everything. So there's, there's no lack of, you know, go to the library, get online. Um, there's typically I've moved many times. So I also go on Facebook and find, um, groups in my community that are either, they don't even just have to be flower farmers, but, um, there are so many people out there that have incredible knowledge about growing flowers just in their yards. Yeah. Um, for pleasure that I would say pick their brains. And mm-hmm. there are those those gardening groups online that you can find and people are very willing to teach and uh, talk to you about what grows best in your area and how. Um, and mm-hmm. then in terms of consumers being able to support lo- their local florists and flower farmers, Instagram's a great resource for that. Flower farmers and florists are all over Instagram and love sharing their yeah. um, beautiful creations. So you can look up folks in your community there and um, find out how you can support them. Often there are flower farmers that are doing CSAs. So community supported Mm -hmm. agriculture. So you can opt in to buy a certain amount of purchase into a a weekly flower program uh, ahead of time. So in the season, you'll get, you know, a bouquet a week. And that's a nice, easy way to indulge in, in flowers and beauty, right. From your community. You can also just check out, like, literally Google local flowers and see what your your farmers or florists have to offer. And and again, be following them on Instagram because when the big holidays of you know flower flower holidays we call them come up, your local florists and flower farmers will have things that are available to you. So if Mother's Day, Valentine's sure. Day, that sort of thing, um, yeah. and can often create things for you on demand as well. So yeah. go out there and, and look at, look for the folks that have started these small businesses in your community and yeah. give them some love on social media and, um, <laughs> and uh, buy, buy some local flowers. No, absolutely. And um, again, who doesn't like flowers? Hopefully, you know, for everyone listening, whether you're a farmer uh, or someone interested in growing flowers or consumers, uh, support, like Andy just said, you know, those that are doing it, talk to them, find out if they're at your farmer's market, the flowers that they grow, uh, how they grow them, things like that. I know we really appreciate, Andy, you talking to us today about flowers. Uh, of course, thanks for having me. And I'll also say, if there's anybody out there, I'm sure there's some florist, flower farmers, florists who are screaming at their uh, podcasts going she forgot this or I want to talk about this. We want to hear from you. We want to get somebody who's really in this business to talk to us about their experiences. Yeah. yeah. So if you are a farmer florist, a flower farmer, a local florist, and you are wanting and willing to talk to us over the podcast, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at foginfo.org.
Yes, absolutely. And we want to thank everyone uh, who tuned in to uh, listen to our podcast. And uh, for all those of you that are interested in flowers, like Andy said, please, you know, if you think that you can share more tips and ideas with us, uh, you can contact us. We will be happy to have you in our next podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. FOG is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so to keep our content available and free to the public, we need your help. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, and consider making a tax-deductible donation. Learn more about our work on our website, www.foginfo.org.